Well, good afternoon, listeners. Uh, this is Laura Mo, and you're listening to the Young Adult Cafe. My guest today is Christina June, and we will start talking to her in just a few seconds. If my music will cooperate. Well, maybe not. And this did this to me recently again. Oh, well. Well, good afternoon, Christina. It's nice talking to you. Good afternoon. You too. Thank you so much for hosting me. You just, well, as we were um, talking before the uh, intro, you were actually driving home from, from work. Were you, you were I a high school counselor? Yes, Wow. Yep, yep. Yeah, you know, having been a, a teacher myself, I know how hard it is to find time to be able to, to write. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I wondered as a writer if you do a lot of your writing during the summertime when, you have, when you're off school or during breaks. Um, I, I attempt to, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, the bulk of my drafting, uh, the last several years I've actually done during, um, national novel writing month, um, which oh, has been really yeah. great. Um, I, I actually sponsor, um, the club to do NaNoWriMo at school. So, um, oh. so we all sit in the room and write together and it's lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, good. so, Is this an yeah, but school I do, program? um, yes. Uh, just a club mm-hmm. for kids who want to uh, come and participate. So we have a lot of mm-hmm. um, a lot of kids who who like to uh, make the attempt. So yeah, when I um, used to teach, I, I I had a usually I taught an AP class with had to they had to research research and write a lot of essays. And during NaNoWriMo month, I would give them the option. I'd say. You know, we can, you can participate in NaNoWriMo, in which case you're no, you don't have to do the weekly essay, or you could, you know, um, you know, do the weekly essay and then, you know, have to get those grades. Well, you know, all of the kids would decide they wanted the NaNoWriMo because I wouldn't put a – the only thing I graded was word count. I didn't actually <laughs> um, – correct their spelling, I didn't, you know, I didn't correct their, you know, I didn't edit their syntax or anything. I just, you know, because for students, it's uh, 5,000 words for the month. Mm -hmm. And I even had some who were competing with me because I would do the 50,000 and (laughs) Mm -hmm. we'd put up this chart and I, every year I would have one or two students who would compete with me on word count because we would, you know, do the daily word count chart you know, the kids enjoyed that. But, you know, surprisingly what happened, though, is that kids, their writing got better, even though they mm-hmm. they self-corrected. Because by the time we mm-hmm. did it in November, school had been in session. But, so how many kids do you have in your NaNoWriMo group? This, or have, do you have you kids, have kids signed up yet? Um, for room size, we cap it at 30. Um, and so it's anywhere between, I would say, 5 and 30, depending on the day. Um, oh, okay. When uh, we do it uh, twice a week in November. Yeah. Well, I think that's great that you do that. Now, do you you do the fifty thousand words though, right? Oh yeah. I that's yeah. how I started actually. Um, in two thousand twelve, mm-hmm. I was feeling a little itchy to be creative and decided I was going to do it. I had always heard about it, but wasn't really brave enough to try. And I did it, 
and I won and I kept on writing and I never really looked back. So I have won every year and I'm super competitive Mm -hmm. with myself. (laughs) So uh, I really like, I like watching the word count go up every day. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but I find that it makes me more efficient, um, especially not having a ton of time um, to, uh, to do, to do my writing. So yeah, it's been really helpful. So did your first novel, it started with goodbye. Did that start as a NaNoWriMo? No, um, that one was the fourth novel I ever wrote. Um, and I had just written something that was really dark and angsty and there was death and drugs and I needed something fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that novel didn't go anywhere and no one needs to see it. Uh, <laughs> <practice> <laughs> novel. But, um, but I, you know, I, I needed something else. And I was walking into right. school one day. Um, I'm fairly certain it was the morning after the homecoming dance and there was, uh, an abandoned dress shoe laying on the sidewalk. And it just, you know, occurred to me that maybe I should write a Cinderella story. Um, so it started with goodbye with my modern Cinderella. Um, and um, so, yeah, so it was really fun. And uh, that's the book that got me my agent, uh, first book deal. Um, and, it's, you know, it's been really great ever since. Wow. You know, and it's interesting how just an image or, like you said, an object, just a, a, a stray shoe can – all oh, of a sudden yeah. you're writing a novel, you know. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's just a, like an astounding, it's like, I don't know how our brains work. Um, <laughs> but it is kind of funny how, you know, you just like, all of a sudden you latch on to something. And boom, mm-hmm. next thing you know, you've got 70,000 words. And, exactly. Uh, exactly. But now, um, every everywhere you want to be is it's not a sequel to your first one but it's what we call a companion no. novel and yes because i've you know i've i've actually written kind of a companion it's not it's not a direct sequel to breakfast breakfast with neruda but um mm-hmm. i'd like you to talk about what difficulties you may have had with that because there are some challenges with writing a companion to a book oh, you've yeah. already written and what Absolutely. are some of the challenges you had? Um, so uh, it started with Goodbye. The first book um, is, you know, has the sort of the classic evil stepmother character. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I got my edit letter um, for that one, my editor said, I find Tilly fascinating. And Tilly is the um, the evil stepsister character. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, she, so, and she, and that wasn't, it wasn't something I had ever really thought about writing a companion for that. You know, it sounded like something that was great. I, there's some other authors that I admire who write brilliant companions um, with just sort of the, the thinnest of threads connecting them all. And mm-hmm. when she said that she really liked Tilly, um, you know, the wheels started to turn and, but to write that evil stepmother character from the lens of her daughter instead of her um, stepdaughter was was a challenge um, because mm. the 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 mother Belen is someone um, who has produced um, a strong reaction from um, from many readers and um, so I think to paint her through the eyes of her daughter who ha- you know understands her flaws but also loves her unconditionally and understands sort of that her mother is always coming from a place of love was very different. Um, and challenging right. to make her um, sort of more well-rounded and, and also to think about the readers who hated her in the first book and make wow. them not, um, you know, not 
write her off immediately. Um, she's She's been one of my favorite characters to write because she is sort of so full of depth. Yeah, because she's difficult. Because I have to say, I, I mm-hmm. really didn't like her until the end either. I right, she was, right. You know, she was putting She's Tilly, pretty awful. <laughs> kind of under, you know, well, you, you term Tilly as being a devious rule follower. Because Tilly yes, yes, doesn't want to lie to her mother, but she also has to, you know, I, well, I love Abuela because Abuela <laughs> kind of helps her helps Tilly realize that she has to do what she has, she wants to do, um, you know, and I don't want to give spoilers because, yeah. uh, you know, people who right, right. haven't read the book yet, but yeah, I, that's interesting because yeah, Belen is probably, I mean, she's not as evil as Sabrina, but she is not Correct. a, you know, she's not she's, a likable character, but likable is fine, right? you know, or unlikable right. is fine because it makes them more compelling. Right, and they, you know, and there there are certainly reasons why she is the way she is, um, mm-hmm. but you know, she for me was sort of a mashup of all the really strict parents that I've met in my career <laughs> as mm-hmm. a school counselor. Um, you know, and and for me, you know, both books I think really um, illustrate different versions of that idea that your parents have baggage, and right. once you once you've figured that out, usually I think as a teenager. Um, sometimes it's a really hard pill to swallow and you have to reconcile who your parents are with who you are and, and your identity as a family versus as an individual. So those are things that I really, um, you know, I see it a lot in my day job and wanted to right. um, have my characters experience the same thing. Yeah. I, you know, I, some of my, you know, I had one, I've had students who, you know, if they didn't get an A on an essay, they break into tears. You know, I can't go mm-hmm. home with a B. It's like, yep. you know, I was teaching exactly. a college class at the high school. It's like, you're getting college credit for this. A B in college is a good grade, especially being you're a high school kid. You know, they didn't understand. Right. Uh, you don't have to get straight A's. But, the, you know, there's right. this thing where, you, you know, if I go home with a B, I'll get grounded. And I just felt so horrible for these kids but yeah yeah as a teacher you have to say well you know this is the criteria you have to meet and I have to I have to base this grade based on the standards that I you know they're exactly because I was teaching for a college syllabus and they had different standards than the high school did Um, so I had to follow you know that curriculum but yeah Mm -hmm. it's a you know, I guess our job as teachers and counselors is to just help help them get through, you know, be the abuelas yeah. of the world. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah. You know, so. there was a, I follow you on Twitter, and there was a mm. tweet that you made. It kind of broke my heart. Just read a college oh, essay today. by a biracial student. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, um, yeah. A biracial student of mine who is tired of being told she isn't enough of each piece of her heritage. And she ended it, I just want to be allowed to be me, all of me. And that is really, really heartbreaking. You know, that. Yes. It, yep. It, you know, it's, yeah, I, I don't understand why we have to be one or the other. Yeah. And it, I agree. And and I think even, even kids who, you know, don't come from sort of very diverse backgrounds can feel that when they're being pulled between friends and parents or different paths in their lives. Um, yeah, I see that every day. But yes, that particular essay just broke my heart. 
Um, mm-hmm. it, was, it was interesting, though. I, my daughter and I have been reading um, a series of middle grade books. Um, the main character is Scylla Lee Jenkins, hyphenated by Susan Tan, um, who was in the debut group with me, and she is lovely. Um, but th- that's a question that, as a nine-year-old, um, Scylla tackles in the two books that are out, and I imagine she'll continue it in the third book that comes out next year. But um, I think we need more um, more protagonists who are exploring who they are in that way um, and mm-hmm. coming to the conclusion that they are okay no matter what. Right. Yeah, I mean, look at, well, like, you know, uh, Princess Meghan, who, you know, just married Prince Harry. I mean, she, mm, absolutely. you know, had the same issue, and it's like, you know, her father told her, you know, it's like you kind of have, you have the best of both of us, you know, because when she was in school, she had to choose either black or white, and she, right. you know, you're, you're both of those. So, yeah, yep, yep, and I think we just, you know, there's, uh, things are better now, but, there, mm-hmm. There's certainly a lot of work to be done, and um, you know I, we hear a lot about being good advocates and allies, and, and something that I have learned um, is that you, especially um, you know as a as a white writer, I can lift up other voices, um, writers of color and writers of different backgrounds, and make sure that I am celebrating everything so that readers, um, other readers will find them as well. Now, the, now, are you, um, by heritage, are you Hispanic by heritage? I am not. I am okay, because one of the things I was reading this, I was thinking, uh, you know, I would hope that you're not going to get attacked by the, you know, own voices <laughs> people because there's, you know, it happens. And it's like, you know, I think that as a reader, I found that the whole, you know, the relationship with Abuela and Tilly's, family connection to be very authentic and um, so I would hope that you're not going to get any kind of flack for writing about somebody who does have a Hispanic heritage because you're not um, misrepresenting right. or mis- misappropriating and that you know and that certainly um, I never want to do harm um, with my mm-hmm. words and um, you know I know that it is um, you know, to be able to write is a privilege, and I want to make sure that anything that I put out there, um, you know, is as authentic as possible. And, and sure, do I know what it feels like to be um, a young Latinx dancer? No, um, but I did as much research as I could, and I had sensitivity readers, um, and you know, they were they all gave brilliant comments. Um, and so now the book is in the hands of the readers, and if they mm-hmm. don't like it, that's okay. Um, and, you know, if I have made a mistake, I have learned you apologize and you learn from it and, you you know, you do better next time. And that is that's the best thing I can promise. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I mean, because, you know, one of my writing partners, she's debating about changing a name of one of her characters because it ha- she has a Latina name and she goes, well, you know, I'm going to get um, <clears throat> trolled by people, you know, and then I said, you know, I wouldn't worry about it. I said, because you're, you're not really, I mean, there's nothing that she's doing that the character is doing that is specifically connected to Hispanic culture. I mean, she has a Hispanic name, but it's actually a science fiction, it's a science fiction novel. It takes place in 2054, so we don't even know what people mm-hmm. are going to be like then. So, 
I don't know. <clears throat> I told her not to worry. Yeah, about no, I'm. Wrong, you know? <laughs> I I I think you know what? Um, you know, one of the someone that I really admire, um, Ellen O. She's um, you know, really involved with We Need Diverse Books and is a great advocate um, for writers of color. And mm-hmm. she says a lot, ask yourself if this is the story that you need to tell and if you're the right person to tell it. Um, and if you're mm-hmm. unsure, then don't write it. And I think that that's good advice. And if you do decide mm-hmm. to move forward, then you need to do do the research. Make sure right. that you are not doing harm with anything that you're putting in the book. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you almost yeah. are like a, a doctor, you know, do no harm. So Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, I was there was a line in your book, I, I marked this page, because I really liked something that Sage, the uh, dancing instructor. Mm-hmm. Well, first mm-hmm. off, we, we should probably go back and do like a little bit of a elevator pitch. Just give the little sure. a short <laughs> elevator pitch of the book, and then I'll, I'll uh, read the quote. Sure. Um, so Everywhere You Want to Be is the story of Pillory. Um, she is a young dancer. Um, she's just graduated from high school, and she has, uh, during senior year, she was injured. Um, and so while she never really imagined that she was going to dance professionally, once that option seemed to be taken away, it was the only thing that she wanted. Um, so once she was he, um, recovered, she lucked into a summer uh, dance program in New York, and so she goes, but promises her mother that she will go to college when she gets home, um, but fully intends on taking a job if she's offered one at the end of the summer. So um, it's it's her figuring out the right path for herself. It's her figuring out how to navigate her mother's wishes with her own dreams for herself. There's also um, a second chance uh, romance that I really enjoyed writing, um, and a lot of it was um, about Tilly discovering allies and friendships, um, which was, you know, made the book really special for me because um, mm-hmm. I had really great allies and friendships in high school. So, well, good. Yeah, you know, and that's so important in the high school years. You have to have mm-hmm. you have to have allies because if you don't, absolutely, you know, you're going to be a bully target. And um, <clears throat> but the, um, if the quote is it's close to the uh, beginning of the book where. Sage, the dance instructor in New York, is talking about uh, she's often used the music of Amy Winehouse and Janis Joplin Mm -hmm. and some of the pieces she dances to. And then Sabrina, Mm -hmm. the one who sort of becomes a quasi-enemy of uh, Tilly and the others, especially Tilly, Mm -hmm. because Tilly's a really good dancer. Um, You know, Sabrina makes this comment, sorry, but why would someone dance to sad, screechy music by people who look like they hadn't <laughs> taken a shower in decades? Right. And, uh, right. I, you know, I love Sage's response. is because sometimes the most beautiful lessons we can learn are from the people who lived with the biggest demons. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a really great quote. Um, Thank you. You know, for, for any kind of artist or writer, you know, to explore their demons. And uh, and that's part of the reason that Tilly's, her writing stands out, of course, is because she did have that horrible accident that could have ended her dance career. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it, yep. It, it ended her, you know, the relationship. But, you know, well, she thought it did at the time. But um, <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. So... And now you have another yeah. book coming out uh, in 2019, and it's 
this is mm-hmm. also a companion to uh, yeah. um so this it, it's called no place like here and it takes place during the same summer um as everywhere you want to be so while tilly is dancing um this is taking place elsewhere um mm-hmm. so um the the inciting incident for everything um in it started with goodbye is that the main character tatum gets arrested um for shoplifting uh, which she didn't do, but she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And so her best friend, Ashlyn, who she gets arrested with, um, is sent to boarding school uh, for the year by her very strict father. Um, so this is a year after that, and Ashlyn is fully intending on asking her parents if she can come home for senior year. And as she's about to ask, she finds out that her father is going to jail and her mother is going to rehab, oh, and she is <laughs> and she's being sent to uh, stay with her estranged aunt and uncle and work with her cousin at a wilderness retreat center, um, none of which she wants in her life. She just wants to go home. Um, right. So it's, it's the story of a girl uh, finding her voice um, and you know, sort of figuring out um, how to use it uh, to the best now, of her ability and to, to get what she wants without sort of um, destroying you know, the fragile having, relationship. Having been a teacher, I you know I find stories like this so common. You know, a lot of a lot of people mm-hmm. who don't who don't work in education, they they probably think, oh, this is not really, this doesn't really happen. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> oh yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure that's you get inspired by a lot of your ideas, and uh, you know yeah. your ideas from what actually you know the types of stories you run into. And, um, Absolutely. I mean, a lot of a lot of kids. I think um, you know this idea that I have to do what my parents tell me until I can get out, until I get out of the house. As they are gaining more and more independence, is also hard. Um, mm-hmm. And the you know the idea of of balancing what you want versus being respectful um, of of your parents' wishes and not rocking the boat. Um, is really hard for a lot of them. Um, so yeah, yeah. this one is for this one is for the kids who are still f- walking that line. Well, then, especially <clears throat> when they find out one of their parents is going to jail, you know. <laughs> right. Yikes. Right. And so that's you know, mom and dad make mistakes too. Mom and dad have their own struggles. And where do I fit in in that journey to work through those things? Um, that's that's something that she. Um, that Ashen, you know, is trying to figure out. Wow. And then you, these are all by the same publisher, which uh, kind of makes it nice. Yeah. The covers are very, they're very similar. It's like the same designer mm-hmm. is doing them. Yes, so, um, yes. His name is Darren Welch, and he is wonderful. Um, okay. I'm very lucky to have those covers. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. that one, yeah. yeah, you're probably right now in, copy editing mode with that one since it's coming out in 2019. Yeah, we're we're just about just about done with copy edits and I believe the interior is being designed as we speak. Do you have another one that you have begun or you know sort of uh, part I have of some the I have some ideas. <laughs> okay. I have some ideas. We'll we'll leave it mm-hmm. there. <laughs> okay. Well, we may have yeah. to you know, you may have to wait till November cuz School just started, what, about two weeks ago for two you? Weeks. Yeah, two weeks ago, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, the beginning I, of the school will... year is 
tough. So it's hard, yeah. You probably don't get any writing done. <laughs> I write a lot of college letters of recommendation this time of year. So that is yeah. about all the writing I'm doing these days. Yeah. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. but that's NaNoWriMo is perfect timing because I am done by then. Um, and then right. I can just, that's my reward for finishing. So. Yeah, many of the teachers I worked with, we would we would do NaNoWriMo together. A lot of them didn't finish. I would always finish because I just, I'm sort of nuts. But um, mm-hmm. many of them would drop out about 10 days in. And um, yeah, it's, you, know. you, have to, you have to have to be committed to it. But, you know, like I said, I am super yeah. competitive. So making sure that yeah. I get it in um, and, and I want to win and I want to win early. I want to be done by Thanksgiving, so I have a cushion. Yeah. My critique partners and I, um, a couple years in a row, we did a really great writing retreat in the Adirondacks uh, the first mm. couple of days of NaNo, and the one, um, I'll put in a plug for her, Catherine Locke, her next book comes out in a couple of weeks, The Spy with the Red Balloon. Um, she mm-hmm. wrote the entire 50,000 words in like three days. Wow. Um, and so yeah, the rest great. of us were just <laughs> bowing down at her uh, excellence. <laughs> so, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't quite do yeah. that. But, you know, those weekends were good for getting, you know, something like 15,000 words, which was a really nice cushion at the beginning yeah. of the month. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, November yeah. is a hard month because you have the holiday. Well, there's Veterans Day in there. That gives you kind of mm-hmm. a waiting day because your t- teachers are off school. But then there's the you know the Thanksgiving weekend, which is usually you're spent with family and cooking, and so yeah, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. Gotta have. I mean, if you get like an extra hundred words a day, <laughs> you can do mm-hmm. it. I mean, I have it down to a science now. Um, but yeah, it's really it's one of my favorite months of the year. I, years ago, a group of friends of mine and I, we decided we, we had to include certain scenes. Like we would say, okay, you have to have a character named such and such. Or you have to have a mm-hmm. guy who has, <laughs> you know, has a violent death. So we, we would get together and compare the scenes where we would say, okay, let, well, how did you write this? You know, you, we, we, had, we had to include a fart scene. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are um like if you if you go on the um on the forums there are people who will post prompts every day. So even if you're not working mm-hmm. towards a like a coherent right. novel, you can still get in the word count um and yes. and write to those prompts every day, which is a great exercise in brainstorming and you know, mm-hmm. thinking thinking quickly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I you know maybe not for me so much, but <laughs> I have to I have to plan it all out in advance, um, not so much an outline, but I have to know where I'm going. But the one thing that I, I found that a phenomena that kind of works for me really well, and I don't, and I imagine this does for you because you're meeting with your students and you're sitting there writing, is that having mm-hmm. other people in the room with you who are also writing, it sort of creates this energy. It's, maybe it's competitiveness, oh, yeah. I don't know. But I get, you know, I, sit, I have uh, friends who I, I meet every once in a while. We meet in coffee shop, and we'll, we'll, we call it ignoring each other because we, we meet in coffee mm-hmm. shop, sit across the table, and just ignore each other and work for three hours. And yeah, yeah, I get yeah, a I lot of time. work done. Yeah, and it's like yeah. it, it's sort of this vibration between the two of you 
where you're not mm-hmm. talking at all. In fact, I'll put on noise-canceling headphones so people, you know, if they try to talk to me, I'm working. And I do I do a lot of work, um, you know, or not a lot, when I can at, like, coffee shops. You know, Panera, mm-hmm. I should say thank you to Panera and my acknowledgments. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it, you know, it's, it's nice to have something to tune out and force myself to focus. Whereas if it's just silence and it's me, you know, sitting at my dining room table or whatever, um, I'm much more likely to just sit there and scroll through Twitter um, if I'm in, you know, if I'm home by myself. So, I mean, being held accountable for me is really helpful. Um, well, I put my, so. I put my computer in airplane mode when I'm working. So I won't. Well, smart. You know, it's like, I would no. just turn it back off. <laughs> there, there's some really great apps, though. There's there's one um, called Forest, um, which I think you can get on, on, like, a laptop and on your phone where you plant a tree for, you know, you set it for 30 minutes or whatever, and uh-huh. the tree will grow in the 30 minutes. And if you pick up your phone, the tree will die. So you feel guilty if you kill the tree. Um, that, one, that one is helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I I think you can even earn points to have someone plant trees in places around the world. So, you know, even more reasons to feel guilty if you don't make it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but I like spr- I like sprinting. Sprinting is good. We used to, I met my yeah. team partners on Twitter um, doing sprints um, with another um, young adult author, Susan Dennard. Um, I mean, years ago, but she was she had a hashtag going and a bunch of us followed her and we realized we were the same five or six people who were following her at the same time. And so we formed a group and we have been together Ooh. ever since, which has been awesome. Wow. That's great. Yeah. You know, it, it's important. I, I, I think that's one thing that's important. If anybody, any of the people listening are writers, critique groups really are important. And you need to find people who work um, kind of at a similar level of writing and can take the same level of criticism because mm-hmm. you, you don't want to be an experienced writer with two or three books out with a bunch of newbies because they can't give you the level of criticism you need. And they may yeah. not be able to take the level of criticism you're used to giving out because, you know, exactly. my writing group, we're brutal with each other, but we're doing each other a favor, <laughs> you know. I mean, right, right. And you know, if you're like early I, on, you don't know that necessarily. Right. And you're going to run, you know, you're going to go home in tears because people have pointed out you tend to use the same verbs over and over, you know. Exactly. We all have writing tics that, you know, your critique partners point that out or, you know. I mean, it's embarrassing, you know, the work that we have to share with each other because we're, right now, all of us are working on early draft material and it's so mm-hmm. not polished and it's like, you know, it's like you said that you said that exact same thing, you know, just two pages ago. You know? Right. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, I didn't know. I don't know. So, well, I know you have to pick yeah. up your daughter, but um, so we'll I to, do. We'll have to end this soon. But uh, before we before we sign off, what is your go to like you know potential writers? Uh, they say, well, you know, what's your advice? What is your go to advice? Um, so I say two things. Um, one is read. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I have no formal training um, as a writer, uh, but I have been a reader my entire life. And I think that it is very valuable to read authors that you admire and study the things that you like about them. And also to read things outside 
your genre, your age group, um, to make sure, mm. you know, that you, that you have variety and that you're, you know, that you're not just sticking yourself in a box. Um, so, you know, I do, I read a lot of YA, but I also, I love reading adult mysteries. Um, I will occasionally read nonfiction. Um, I've read, I, I write contemporary, but I will read fantasy and sci-fi from time to time. So I think that you need to read widely and study the things that jump out at you. Um, and also the things that you don't like, so you know not to do them. Mm-hmm. Do what you're doing that way. Um, and then the other mm-hmm. thing is to finish the thing, whatever it is right. you're working on. Um, you know, you mentioned students dropping out of nano after like 10,000 words or the first 10 days. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I get that. I get the urge because that was me for many years. You know, I didn't really write toward publication until I was an adult after my daughter was born. And I think about all the time that I could have been writing things when I was in college or grad school. And, um, you know, and I've got friends who are beautiful writers, but rarely finish a draft. And mm-hmm. that is so sad to me because their stories need to be out in the world in the hands of readers. Um, so I think that, you know, when you force yourself to finish something, button the seat, write in the words, even if they're not beautiful, you can fix them. And yep. so, and when you finish it, you prove to yourself that you can do it. And if you do it once, you know you can do it again. Um, so even if it is a complete mess, type the end. It is so empowering to do that. Um, and I mean, I, you know, I'm, you know, in double digit books now and I still, you know, get chills every time I get to do that. So I think making sure that you finish the thing, whatever it is you're working on and whether you put it aside or you shining it up, you know, just finish it. Great advice. And, uh, yeah, you know, and that's, that's crucial, you know, just finish it because it, it is mm-hmm. sad that you have gifted writer friends out there who'd like, you know, they just can't finish it. No. It, that's the thing that the people who finish are the ones who are going to eventually win the race. You know, it's hope is part of that tenacity. Right. You know, is first you have to finish it, then you have to go through the whole grueling process of finding a an agent or editor, <clears throat> and that's grueling. But mm-hmm. again, you can't. And even if you're not it. working, even if you're not working toward publication, proving your, you know, we write because we have to, I think. And so yeah. to to get whatever is speaking to you out um, is an accomplishment in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and you're in a prime situation for telling young adult stories because you are working with kids whose stories are, you're, they kind of need to be told, you know. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. you'll be, these stories will touch somebody's heart and um, they'll enjoy That's reading. <laughs> That's the well, goal. I mean, it's, it, it is my know, privilege totally to work with them and write for them. Yeah. Well, Christina, I have totally enjoyed talking to you, and I enjoyed your book. Uh, I am going to donate well, it to a friend so of mine who's um, school librarian, and I think uh, wonderful. You know, she's she's at an IB school, and I think that her kids Great. enjoy that book. So um, wonderful. So, and good luck on your your upcoming book and also with NaNoWriMo this year. Yeah, and good luck to you too. And uh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. All righty. All righty. Bye-bye Take care. Thanks. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. We have uh, just had a pleasant conversation with author Christina June.
Uh, her book is Everywhere You Want to Be. It is out now. Um, it is from Blink Publications. Um, I guess next week, she's a repeat. I've had Hannah Riles on the show before, but this time we'll be talking to Hannah. Um, she's in England right now in graduate school, so we'll see if Hannah has developed a British accent since we've last talked to her. And um, this is a copyrighted podcast solely owned by the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. I'm Laura Moe, and you've been listening to the Young Adult Cafe. There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details.